0: Good afternoon, everybody. Oh man, you can't listen to that, Bill. You can't, you can't turn on music like that and not turn on my country. That's where my country, my my country accent hits. So, a North Carolina boy pops out when I hear this kind of stuff, man. Welcome this afternoon. This afternoon's know the scene. Welcome everybody, Justin Dion, your host here with another great show for you. As you can hear, we're gonna have some great, some great picking and grinning today on the show. Um, but before we get started, just a couple. Uh, help help get us all warmed up for today. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's staying warm. It's been been a little chilly, we know, um, around the area. We we're having our one week of winter in North Carolina, as is tradition, as is tradition. So enjoy the enjoy the one week of winter. Now, if you are in the high country, I hear this has like been a great winter so far. If you enjoy like winter sports, so the the skiing and snowboarding and sledding. I think I saw like like this is a top. 10 years so far ever for a beach mountain like the beach mountain area up there yeah so um so yeah go up on up to the high country in this little bit of january we have left and see if maybe you can we can eke out a couple good couple more good snows for you um here here down in down in the lake area in the piedmont of north carolina been nice and wet just wet um, not not snowy, but wet. But uh, but we're having a great time. Uh, Kane Center for the Arts continues to be rock and rolling here in the Lake Norman area. We just had a great, a great. Uh, we've had some great shows uh, recently as well. So far this January, the Drifters came and did fantastic. The kids have done Frozen Junior. Um, if you guys took your families out to see that, that was a great show by our Davidson Community Players uh, up there. The kids did a great job. Um, we've also got uh February. Uh, February coming up, as we move into February, got some great shows. You have the Chicago Tribute Band, Chi-Town, Transit Authority. It's um, February 3rd. It's February 3rd. And uh, then we've got our guest today that we're going to speak to in just a moment. Uh, we've got Darren and Brooke Aldridge coming on February the 9th. If you guys like like uh, country and, and bluegrass and and folk and all that, you don't want to miss miss these North Carolina, North Carolina folks that are coming into play. There on February the 9th, weekend. um, There, you can make sure to get tickets to all the shows at canearts.org, C A I N A R T S dot O R G, uh, for all the shows that are coming uh, and are happening. Uh, Also, you can make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and all that. And uh, make sure for the show, Know the Scene, uh, if you don't follow us on your podcast app, go to that podcast app that you use and look up W S I C Know the Scene. And you can listen to this episode uh, after the fact and all the episodes. You can go listen to the backlog of episodes and find out all kinds of cool stuff. You know, I'm, I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to, to work on a show like this and and get to talk with these great, really talented folks, uh, musicians, artists, folk that we have that that are, you know, local to the area, but also, you know, North Carolina folks, then beyond all kinds of people. It's great to get to chat with these folks and hear their stories. And I hope you all enjoy it as well. Uh, so today we've got with us... Uh, Mr. Darren Aldridge, one half of Darren and Brooke Aldridge. Darren, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Thanks so much for joining us today, man. Now, where are you, um, joining us? Are you, I'm going to guess, are you in Shelby?
1: I'm close to Shelby. Brooke and I live in Cherryville, North Carolina.
0: Oh, okay. I remember you're from Cherryville.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I didn't know if you're still there now. Cleveland County, Gaston County line, pretty much.
0: Yes, sir. Nice. They famous. That's right. I like it. I like it. See, that's one of the things. One of the things I was excited about bringing you guys in this year, other than just your talent and your music, obviously, was that you know you are good old North Carolina people.
1: Yeah, man. Terrible just did a mural of us here about four or five months ago.
0: Oh, that's so man. That's,
1: that's right, uptown or fancy. Our friend, Scott Nurkin done so many for the North Carolina bluegrass and just arts and music trail. I've done so many artists throughout North Carolina. Oh, he was honored that he put us on, on the wall up here right on Main Street in Cheritable.
0: That's so cool. Not hey, not many people can say they've they've gotten put on a mural, you know. How neat. Yeah, Especially in your cool hometown.
1: Man. Yeah, right downtown Cherrible. He did, you know, Earl Scruggs and Shelby and Don Gibson and Coltrane and Randy Travis and Doc Watson and you know, Ronnie Millsat. He's done a ton throughout the state.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, well, we're excited to have you at at, at Kane Center. To have you and Miss Brooke. Y'all have been on the, um, we were just talking before we before the show started, you just wrapping up a show in, in Nashville this weekend um, at yeah. the Opry. Y'all played a private private gig?
1: Yeah, we did kind of a corporate gig at the Opry uh, for Dairy Queen, which was very cool.
0: Nice. And
1: um, it, was, it was good to talk about uh, all the Dairy Queens around North Carolina that we visited Isn't throughout that- the rest of the states, but uh, I thought that was a pretty good story we told. On the stage other night to get them laughing, you know they had one here at Gaston College when I went to get college for a short while over here in Gastonia. and, and uh, I remember the Dairy Queen just set right on the edge of the property, so they thought that was a good thing. Was it like one of those classics? Every now and again,
0: was like was one of those classic Dairy Queens? It was. Oh man, I had one of those. I grew up in Salisbury, and yeah. uh, and we had one of those, like the classic Dairy Queens with the drive-in and. You know, you'd park, and it went, when I was younger, you used to park, and they'd come to you. And then, as I got older, they stopped that, and you'd park, but you'd walk up to the window and order. And but all the kids would hang out, like, oh, yeah, you know, man. that's where you'd trouble. That's where you get in trouble if you weren't careful, you know.
1: Right, yeah. But it was a good time with the Opry there. We've been uh, blessed to play there over fifty times. Yeah, since we debuted in two thousand seventeen, and wow, they've been friendly to us, and we always love it when they call and ask us to be a part of a show. That's awesome.
0: How neat is that? From when you, so when you were, when you were, you know, growing up in Cherville, did you ever, ever think you'd get to play the Opry? Oh,
1: I dreamed about it and thought of it all the time. You know, we, I grew up in a musical family and of course we watched T Hall every Saturday night. And <laughs> I got to see all the, uh, the, the stars out there and people as I grew up listening to from Bluegrass, you know, getting to see, see Ricky Skaggs and uh, Vince and Earl and so many other ones. You know, we liked a lot of the classic country music too in my family. So, uh, when I first started learning to play and really getting into a bluegrass band and some of that when I was 15, 16 years old, that was always a dream to get to
0: go to the Opry and play. Yeah. Now, when was your um when was your first time there at the Opry?
1: We debuted, Brooke and I, in 2017, July 4th, but we had played uh, earlier in October um, in 16 with John Berry. He asked us to be a part and come sing harmony vocals, and I played mandolin with him wow. the very first time we took the stage. And then at the Ryman that year in 2016, Vince Gill got us out to uh, to play Bluegrass Nights at the Ryman with him, and we guested it on a
0: couple songs with Vince. Wow. So that was our first time there. So how many – so so you're – I mean, if, did you did you drive to the – for the show this weekend, or did you guys – Oh, yeah, yeah. We
1: most of the time always drive to Nashville. That's a solid, that's a solid haul. It's about six hours, but time you go to Charlotte and drive over there and go through the airport and be there two hours ahead of time and then an hour flight. Well, that's, you know, close to five hours. Might as well have a car, drive over there.
0: Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Totally. Um, Well, cool. Well, this is exciting, man. I'm excited to get to chat with you today. Um, We're getting ready to run into a break and uh, when we come back, everybody, we're gonna continue talking with Darren. We're gonna go back. I wanna hear more about Darren. Kind of like get getting started. What it was like getting started. Uh, how you got into music. How you got into playing the instruments that you play, and and stuff like that. And uh, we'll continue on after the break with uh, with Darren Aldridge here coming back. Good. Know the scene. You All right, welcome back, everybody, to this week's Know the Scene. Justin Dion, your host here with Kane Center for the Arts. Welcome in here to our stage on February, uh, February the 9th, Darren and Brooke Aldridge. We have Darren here uh, with us today. Uh, we're chatting, chatting about some things. And uh, Darren, I wanted to, to see if we come in this second half or second second segment today. Um, I'd like to kind of just take it back and to tell us about, you know, growing up there in Turville. As uh, all us North Carolinians know how to say it correctly. That's um, right. That's right. Chervil. Um, How you know? So so you know. You from a musical family? How'd you get interested in 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 music and playing?
1: Yeah, it's throughout my mom's side of the family. Uh, my mom played piano and auto harp and guitar, and her brother played guitar and sang as they grew up, and, and my grandpa was an old time singer bluegrass and gospel and played guitar and a little bit of fiddle and banjo so it's in my bloodline to to play and sing and i remember always being around music and stuff like that growing up and they'd have the, the little jams at the house sometimes and Cheryl's known for a lot of musicians of course yeah. this whole area of north carolina very much is but uh been being part of that so when i got more of age of learning to play guitar i'd say when i was 11 12 years old i wanted to sing and and grew up in church as well. So we was always singing and and playing in the church house too. So I got my first band probably when I was 15 years old. And um, so I've been going strong ever since. I was also in the high school band, junior high band. So I had a a classical music type of background as well. What did you play? I played saxophone. Oh, cool. So yeah, I was in the marching band and that was a great experience for me. So really learning theory. Early along in school like that was a big plus for me as I transitioned that into country bluegrass type of thing. So I started playing in those bands, 15, 16-year-old, and playing fiddler's conventions and band competitions and anything that would have me. And I I started playing and floating a lot at that time. Uh, And I I caught on with a great band out of North Carolina, Cleveland County called Acoustic Syndicate right after that Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I toured with those guys for about a year and a half as they was just starting out. Uh, Steve and Brian and Fitz and all the guys were just from over here in Shelby. And I saw them in a lot of jams and stuff and got to know them. And I was kind of a new little hotshot man player. So they merged me into their band. There you go. For a couple years. And then I got an opportunity with the country gentleman yeah. in 1999, which was a legendary bluegrass band. And I toured with them until Mr. Waller passed away and, Late two
0: thousand four. Wow! Wow! That's so. So you. That's a. That's a. I mean that. What a. What a. a ride. Yeah, man. It right. Been like been what awesome. a. What a ride. The early days of playing with the Syndicate and a lot of the early jam band scenes. Yeah, and, and that's a, going from the Syndicate to to which I mean Syndicate is I wouldn't call they're definitely not bluegrass. Um, but they're but you know but they have obviously have have like parts of that in them right? Oh, Obviously, like there's, I mean, they're definitely yeah. part, like they're not that, they're definitely not traditional bluegrass or traditional old time in that way. But that's one of the things I like about Acoustic Syndicate too, is like they they blend the styles. It's they that blend surely, that moves in there, right? That's really neat.
1: Right. It surely was. And uh, it's good to be with those guys and then going straight to the Country Gentleman, which was one of the legends in bluegrass yes. music.
0: So absolutely. So how did you, so how did you take me from, from your first you know, you said your first band when you're 15, right? Mm-hmm. How did that form? I mean, so what's cool about about the story, I think, is that, you know, you grew up and you're already surrounded by, you know, from family, you know, all kinds of family. You basically mentioned from your mom, your grandpa, you know, you're growing up in church, right? Which obviously surrounded by music there. You know, I mean, it sounds like you just were in this great situation of, of constant exposure to, to music.
1: I surely was. A lot of jams were happening that I was a part of. Bluegrass jams. That's how I met the Syndicate Boys and so many other ones. How? In, in, what? Do you remember when that happened? School. Like
0: when you met the Syndicate guys? Like was there a was there like a certain story or something? Where like you're at this one specific jam or something, or was it just over time?
1: There, there's a uh, a bomb shelter close by here in Charlevoix that a lot of musicians would go and hang, and they've been doing that since the late '70s. And uh, a lot of musicians will go over on Wednesday nights and pick, and that's how I met all those guys was from there. And, and also Green Acres was going pretty strong. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Uh-huh. It was up in Bostick, North Carolina, in Rutherford County. And they brought in so many great acts through the years for acoustic and country music. You know, New Grass Revival would play yeah. there to Rodney Crowell to whoever. you know, And you met a lot of people there. And uh, I was glad to be a part of that before it shut down and, in the early 2000s, but just getting, being around it and surrounded by that was a, was a blessing for me.
0: So it sounds like throughout your career so far too, like you've been very receptive to just the neck, you know, wherever things are moving. Oh yeah. Kind of like wherever things need to move. And from, from, from what I'm hearing from, you know, your band first, and then, you know, sitting in on some jams and oh Hey, now we're acoustic syndicate. And, well, now this, this is, this is phased out. Now we're going to go this direction and this thing's come up. Is that, do you think that's a big key for like folks if they're thinking about a music career at some point is just oh, be, sure. be willing you know, and open and able.
1: Try to keep an open mind and play with folks that you can. And, you know, when I was just learning, when I had a band here with a couple guys in town, uh, it was more of a gospel band. I still ventured out and played with other bands because I was learning guitar and mandolin and banjo and, I'd fill in for the, their bands just on any instrument that I could. Wow! Just constantly playing and learning the parts and singing to give me a foundation
0: for that. So, how many how many instruments total do you play?
1: I play about all the stringed instruments and piano and saxophone. You still play sax?
0: Not much. <laughs> <laughs> Alto or baritone or what? Tenor. Yeah. The chops up on that.
1: In the last several years there for a while you know i, I played it some with the syndicate boys you know we play some real jazzy stuff and i still done weddings and stuff like that on it but i hadn't picked it up in quite some
0: time yeah that's mm-hmm. cool man i think that well that's so cool that like you know a, a, that that you you the the breadth of music that you were saying that you're playing you know i think that's that's one of the cool things about like the true musicians out there you know is, yeah is, man is,
1: it's 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 been awesome to keep that open mind and I've been around so many great mentor friends of mine. You know, John Jorgensen is a mention of one. And, and John, I don't know if you know who he is or not, but he's just an awesome musician. And, you know, he plays clarinet to Django jazz guitar to piano very well to being part of the Helicasters or Elton John's band. I mean, he's just an awesome musician. And been able to be friends with him for so long and, and having other mentors like Ricky and Vince you know, Vince being out there with the Eagles now, and yeah. still playing a lot of bluegrass, both of them, and having great country careers and down to earth gospel music.
0: I mean, it's just
1: those guys have been jewels for me to look up to.
0: Now, when you when you start to when you're when you're you know when you were coming up and and playing in some of these bands, was there a moment where I mean, what's it like when you when you have one of those moments when you meet someone? you know, like one of these fellows that becomes one of your mentors, like, you know, when you you mentioned someone like, like Vince, you know, like Vince Gill, right? I mean, that's someone that, that obviously was a, you said as a mentor, but even before as a mentor, you must've looked up to him, right? Enjoyed his music and listened to him. So like, what, what, what point was it when you, when you connected with Vince? Was there like he had, he had, you had ran into him on the scene somewhere or he showed up at a jam somewhere. What was, what was that?
1: The first time I got to meet him was in, in actually at Charlotte ovens auditorium. And uh, I went over there and got to get backstage and, and Vince spent more than an hour with me. Oh, wow. It's the first time he'd ever met me. He he had, you know, I knew the, the banjo player that was playing with him at that time. Of course, yeah, as when he'd come out with these days, which was a four album set. So we did a, a wide variety of music the whole night. And, uh, so we had a big band, probably the biggest band you ever traveled with. But, uh, I knew him and I knew Jeff White played guitar with him. And they kind of told him that me and Brooke, you know, were a young bluegrass act. And we might've had one album out at the time and was a uh, playing And so he seen me and I, he recognized that I had some knowledge about instruments and stuff like that. And he had one of his old manlins there and I've got the picture set up over in here. And he, he set me up on one of the cases and give me his $200,000 <laughs> manlin. We would sit there and played and traded licks and talked. And, but he did, he spent, a lot of time with me that afternoon and you know, ever since then we've we've kind of stayed in touch and asked him to be on one of our records you know a couple of years later and and he said yes and you know he said come on over to the house and we'll sing and do it and uh, ever since then we've we've stayed pretty in touch and been been pals and all that and it just goes to show you that what a great person he is entertainer yeah. and friend and, and a mentor to us and a lot of them are
0: like that, you know. But there's a lot of them that are not. Yeah. Well, so well, let's, tell me. I'd like to talk a minute about about kind of what you just said, as well as a word you said before, which is mentorship, right? And I know that you've you've been awarded a mentorship award from uh, from IBMA um, yeah. for you you doing some mentoring as well. Like, and we got we got about a minute and a half before the next break. But tell me a little bit about about mentorship, and we can talk about this after the break too, if you want. But like the role <laughs> <What> of that.
1: <laughs> man. I've been so blessed being around so many great people, and, and I mentioned that early on, being a part of so many bands when I was young, 15, 16, 17 years old. I had a lot of great guys in the area uh, that took me under their wing and seen I had potential and seen I had the drive and the passion to do more than most of the people wanted to put in. So they took the extra mile for me to take me to Nashville for the first time, to introduce me to other folks. And, you know, as I got more established and, and we started making more music and records and stuff like that, we, uh, we I quickly wanted to give back to other ones. And I started teaching and was part of the School of the Arts, part of the Earl Scruggs Center when it developed and taught over there. And just has been glad to give back what I could through teaching and part of the arts.
0: I love that. I love that. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk some more with Mr. Darren Aldridge after the break. Know the scene coming right back. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. Know the scene, man. I tell you what, that song—that song, that song is—it reminds me a little bit of uh of like Statler Brothers. Like I know it's I mean, you know, what I mean, like I know it's—it's it's, obviously it's not all men singing that song, but my grandpa raised me up listening to listen to Statler Brothers. We used to watch their show. Oh um, yeah, Statler have, Brothers were
1: great. They had that show too. On yeah, not, it was awesome. Yeah. And, and thinking of that, as you mentioned earlier in the call, you know, getting to watch that. And then Jimmy Fortune's been one of our biggest, you know, supporters and fans and yeah. friends, mentors too. We've we traveled with Jimmy since probably 2017. Wow. He was, uh, you know, been on our records. We've been on his and been part of his band some. and just remember watching him as a kid on there, listening to him saying all that stuff on that TV show yeah. around the piano going, golly, that dude can sing. Man. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, that's talk. That's something that I think I pick up with. And I'm not saying other, I'm not saying all music doesn't have a part of this. I think it does, but especially I feel like in country folk country, bluegrass country, that vibe of country, I feel like that sense of like we were talking about earlier what you were saying of like mentorship and of uh, playing on each other's records and of community maybe.
1: Oh yeah. You know, you there's oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, there's such an underlying theme of that within. Why do you why do you think that is?
1: I think it just the early foundation of the music and then it being, you know, coming out of the Appalachian region and and the churches and you know, like the early Opry was always like that. Uh, you always had a big part of family and friends that were there, and backstage was as much of a show as it was on stage, and they were rooting for each other. Very big, you know, and events told us that early on, you know, when you approached him at the opera or in there, that, the, you know, the, Roy Acuff told him, the doors never shut to your dressing room at the Opry. Huh. It's always open, you know. And there's different rooms back there that each artist is in. And it's always going around, shaking and howling with each other, and visiting and doing very seldom, that you see a few doors that are shut when you're backstage.
0: Yeah. What is that? So, it's
1: carried on, you know?
0: So to talking about the Opry, before we got started, I was trying to ask you. So, so as I mentioned, I, look, I, I enjoy country and stuff, but I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm deep, deep into all the, you know, understanding every part of it. And, and I asked you earlier, so, explain to me Opry membership
1: men there uh, I forget how many opry members there are but you know they don't ask but about anywhere from three to six members you know per year Wow and um, you'd think a lot of folks that are already members that aren't but um, it's just a, a certain you know I don't think it's a committee or anything but it's just folks that are that are you know the president of the opry and who books the opry and i'm sure there's a lot of older members there that might have a have a say but uh just one of the biggest honors in, in music history to be a part of it and be a, be an Opry member
0: is there something that comes like as far as like i mean is it is it is it now that you're an opry member is it more like hey you're listed as an opry member or are you is there not an expectation of now you play X amount of shows a year at the Opry yeah. or things like that? And I like, would
1: say, and I don't know any of this is set in stone, but I would say as an Opry member, you, you can play more times if, if you put in, you know, you're looked at that than, than as a guest, you know, but me and Brooks played over 50 times. Yeah. We, yeah. We've we probably played the Opry more than some of the members that have been there. Yeah. Uh, you know, like our friend, from North Carolina as well. Jimmy Wayne played over two hundred and some times. Wow. With the Mandy Barnett played over four hundred times before she was asked to be
0: four hundred times. Wow. I think
1: I think that was right when she got when she got to be included as the as an Opry member. That's what they announced how many times that she had played. Wow. And you know she she was great and she's everything that the Opry is. You know she's very good traditional singer and plays and with with the band there and you know, what, what it comes out, what it means, you know, and a lot of the newer folks that are there, you know, like Carly Pierce got to be an Opry member a couple of years ago and she's right out in front winning a lot of the major awards for country music. And she still holds the tradition of the Opry very well too. I think she'd played close to a hundred
0: times. What is you? so when you say the tradition of the Opry, tell, what do you, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, you know, the roots and the foundation of the Opry, I think, um, is very good for us that do that get to play it and love that traditional side of it. And you have the respect for it, you know. And Eddie Stubbs was the announcer for WSM and was there for many years and a great historian. You know, he grabbed me and Brooke to the side before we went on our first time. And, and he had saw us be backstage and be a part of the, you know, the backstage area and guest watched the show long before we got to play. And he grabbed us both and he said, are you nervous to play tonight? And, uh, of course, we said, yes, everybody gets nervous to play. He said, well, if you're not nervous, you don't belong out there on that stage. <laughs> you know, it's got to be that.
0: To you. Yeah, I can see that.
1: Well, so that's God's words, you know, to, to remember and, you know you just love love everything about it. It's just not another stage for sure, right? it's a, it's a feeling and I know so many that you're representing when you go out there across the airwaves and stand on that stage. it's important to the crowd that they receive that feeling too.
0: do you do you, would you say and not no and no disrespect meant 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 to him with with this question, but would you say that as a performer and as and as long as you've been a performer and as many, you know shows as you played, would you say that kind of that sense of almost every time you get ready for, to walk out on, on a stage, there's still a little bit of you that's got that little bit of nervousness?
1: Oh, yeah. You want, you want to do the best that you can and um, get across to the audience as an artist, you know, what you feel and what you sing about. And you want to do good every time, you know. Uh, you want to have just enough confidence and arrogance that you are going to deliver those well, but not, not too much where you're not nervous each time.
0: Right. Right. That's what I used to, I, I, I in a former life, I used to perform a little bit and, and uh, I like, guess like an actor and a, a little bit of a musician here and there. But like, I remember someone asked me like, like, do you ever, do, do you ever get nervous when, you know, I was like every time I was like, yeah. I, I feel like if I'm not, I'm, I shouldn't, I should quit. Right. And part of me thinks it's performers too. There's a little bit of that performer's high that we say of, you know what I mean? That, that like that little bit of that anxiety and then jumping in that adrenaline kicks in. You're like, all right, let's go, you know, kind of thing before every show. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, awesome. So what, let me ask you something I was wondering. So you guys are, I mean, you're playing so much and I know, I mean, you're, you're, you guys are torn around everywhere too. So how many how many shows you guys played last year in twenty three? Do you know?
1: Um, uh, we probably played over a hundred shows, including Opry dates that we did.
0: Yeah, that's well, and so you guys are playing a lot around, and and as much as you're playing out in at at the Opry and stuff, why why are you staying in North Carolina? Why don't why don't move to Nashville?
1: <laughs> we've been asked that our whole career. You know, uh, I'm
0: not I'm not unique. Damn it,
1: we've got. Um, we got a lot of roots here in North Carolina. Yeah. We love, we call home, and a lot of family and friends. And you know, Nashville is a second home to us. We got as many folks over there that we enjoy being around. And you know, it's it's a lot of business there too. But there's still friends and family over there, and uh, we've just stayed stayed around North Carolina for the support, uh, the love for the state and our home. Yeah.
0: What's your favorite part of North Carolina?
1: Oh man. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Stuff, but traps, yeah, we traps. love the mountains. Brooke and I Brooke definitely is from, you know, Avery County and my mom and dad were raised up there and just the, the whole the whole region up there. We really you
0: really got a love favorite North, North, North Carolina mountain town?
1: Mountain town, oh man, I, I like blowing rock a lot.
0: Yeah, BR is good. BR is yeah. good. I've really gotten into Black Mountain lately too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good good place, fresh over there in Black Mountain. I love to eat there, man. Yeah. yeah
0: And West Jeff, West Jeff's a fun mountain town too.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Um, All right, we're gonna take another break, and then we're gonna come back with Darren Auders, talk some more North Carolina stuff, and uh, come on back after Know The Scenes break. Oh, what you gonna do? Oh, what you gonna say? Oh, how you gonna feel?
1: Ricky Skaggs on that one, yes, sir. the
0: way. I always wanted to be the bass. <laughs> growing up, man, my dad was always, we sang in the choir growing up, my dad was always the bass. A circle can't be broken, it's always there and open, with a light on it for those who sing Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to this week's Know the Scene. Uh, with WSIC, Justin Dion, your host here. Again, you're listening to your weekly dose of uh, the cultural and uh, otherwise scene here in the Lake Norman region. So what's making up the scene? When You say, man, that got, place got a cool scene. That's what we're trying to figure out around here. Make sure we talk about it so you guys know about it. Uh, those lovely those lovely angelic vocals you just heard were a combination of Brooke and Darren Aldridge Today, we don't have the chance to talk to Brooke, but we've got Mr. Darren here. He's been great to chat with all day here in our time we've had together. Um, we're gonna keep talking with him. Um, Darren, I, one, one of the questions I had, um, I wanted to ask you was, you know, we talked earlier, I talked a couple of times about mentoring and you yourself, um, as I mentioned, won, won an award with IBMA for mentoring. So, who are you mentoring? Men, who who should we who, who should we be listening out for other than you? Do what now? Who should we be listening out for other than you right now?
1: Well, I've produced a lot of folks over the last several years in the studio, and uh, of course, been a been a teacher now for over twenty some years. I taught with the uh, Gaston School of the Arts for for over a decade, and I've taught private lessons to folks ever since uh, probably nineteen ninety six. Yeah. So uh, when the Earl Scruggs Center got up and running, I've, I've done a, a big part to be, a, you know, on staff and, and be there with those guys as well. And they have a lot of classes come in, and I love doing that and doing a presentation for all the kids and the school groups that are involved that come over there throughout the year and teaching them about Earl and about roots music and bluegrass, and I just enjoy that that part of it a lot. So that's great. That's all part of a uh, mentor and yes, others but um, you know, bands that have come along that I've helped, you know, one, it's some of the guys I think live kind of close. One of them does to you over there. It's a new band called Unspoken Tradition. And both of those guys in the band, Audi Zane, grew up right here in Cherival. And I taught them as they were young, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. Oh, wow. And um, they, they've developed into a great band and recorded for Mountain Home and, and touring the country as well. It's been great to watch them grow in their music career that I had a small part in that. And so many other students through the years went to East Tennessee State University and became a part of the bluegrass program and uh, the country program over there. And uh, man, it's been been super cool. I've been producing a girl named Caroline Owens here lately, and she's from Denton, North Carolina. Cool, cool. Her music's been being played very well on XM radio these days and getting to be a small part of that. I just, I love the producing side and just giving some of the advice that was given to me.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's, I think that, like you said, yeah, it's a big piece of passing on that tradition kind of, of the yeah. men- mentorship as well.
1: I didn't have too many doors closed on me when I asked for things, so I'm not going to shut them on folks that ask
0: me. That's the, well, that's great. That's the way it should be. That's what, yeah. like you said, keeps that tradition and kind of the family, the community vibe too. That, that we were saying mm-hmm. kind of permeates throughout um, country music and, and folk and, and bluegrass too. Yeah, you know, in that way, circling around. Um, so I mentioned earlier um, the IBMA. So so I wanted to ask you because I'm sure you've been very involved. I mean, you've been involved in the IBM for a long time now. Right yeah. and the um, and I the played the
1: very first IBMA, or not the first one, but my first one was probably in 1999.
0: Yeah. So, that what do you think about that? Louisville,
1: Kentucky, and uh, the the world of bluegrass came to uh, Nashville for several years, and then it's been in Raleigh for the last eight or maybe ten years.
0: Yeah, a long time.
1: Yeah, it's got one more year in Raleigh, and then uh, moving elsewhere, you know, out of the state. So, folks, if y'all Love bluegrass and want to be a part of that, and the International Bluegrass Music Association will be in Raleigh one more year.
0: Yeah, that's what I was. I was gonna. I was gonna ask. I was gonna say, man, this is last the last year in North yep. Carolina, and it's been here a long time.
1: Yeah, man. Um,
0: how special has that been? So, if folks here, yeah, just like you said, if folks like bluegrass get to Raleigh this year for the last year, at least for now, maybe it'll come back another day. Hopefully, yeah,
1: yeah I think it'll come back around. It's a great city and town, and you know, it's been good there.
0: Yeah, did any word any word on where they're going yet? No, no, not yet.
1: Um, but it's good, you know, to expand. You know, the different towns—that's part of the growth of it. You know, I think we've established a great thing in a home here in North Carolina, and of course, Owensboro is where it started, and it's got the, uh, you know, the museum for bluegrass up there, and then uh, it was a great time in Louisville. We'd set down roots there in different places, and just continue to grow and expand the crowd of. For bluegrass, so that's what we're expecting to do this next move.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that, man. Um, so so talk to me about you know you and Brooke's show coming up, and and you and Brooke. Gosh, man, we we've been talking about everything else, hadn't even gotten to you and Brooke yet. We're <laughs> <laughs> talking about some. That's why we needed Brooke here to keep us on keep us on task.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Brooke's a phenomenal singer. She's been four time IBMA Female Vocalist yeah. of the Year. Um. You know, she's, she's wonderful and uh, been playing a lot of the records there during the commercial breaks and stuff. He's Getting Me Ready was uh, a number one for us for five months this past year. Yeah. And then, um, of course, you played the one that you said you like to sing bass song with Ricky Skaggs yes. and Pitney. Name, man. That one came out in April of last year. So it's coming up on a year. And I know just, just a few months ago, they gave us kind of an award for it being streamed over a million times. Wow during that time. It's gonna be on our up and coming record. It's gonna come out in April, but that's just all the streaming platforms have done that. So it's been very well received. It was nominated for a Dove Award this year and an IBM Award for Gospel Recorded Event of the Year.
0: That's it. so what else so um so other than the new record coming out in April, what else is on the twenty twenty four plans for Darren and Brooke?
1: Yeah, we're right in the thick of that. Finishing up record now. We recorded over the weekend, and we've got a couple vocal sessions to go this week, and then we're back out touring. You know this this coming weekend. But man, we've got a lot of stuff lined up. Of course, you mentioned you're coming up to Merle Fest at the end of yep. April. come up to Merle that's Fest, everybody. Going to be part of. Uh, we're going to be up in Canada, out on the West Coast. Oh wow, up in New England. So it's uh, going to be a good year.
0: Yeah, it's busy. Got a lot more shows in the docket, huh? Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, let me. With the new record coming out, are you guys gonna do the thing where you like release, you know, like release a song, kind of at a time leading up to it? Are you just gonna drop it all at once?
1: We we have been doing that actually. uh, That one, Jordan, that you was playing, we released last year. We released two singles from it this past year. So, as the music business and everything has changed, that's kind of the way you kind of drop a new record release at least two or three singles before the whole album comes
0: out. So. Yeah. That seems to be, that seems to be the, 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 the way that, the way that it goes around nowadays.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: That's awesome. So it's and enough. with, and you're touring with the full band with you. Uh huh. What's now tell everybody what, what's the full band consist of?
1: All right. We've got, uh, of course, the fiddle player, young Samantha Snyder from Lexington, North Carolina. All right, band.
0: Lexington, let's go. My wife's yeah, in Lexington.
1: That's pretty close by. And a longtime bass player Billy G will be with us as well. He's been part of the group for for close to eight years now. Wow! And then we'll have uh, some special guests, and, and of course, and joining us as well. We'll have a pretty good band lined up for you for
0: the Kane Center. We're excited, and we got us. Uh, and you're bringing an opener opening that yeah night.
1: yeah some some longtime friends of mine david woody and his pals and new band uh wanted to to join us that night if they could and uh of course that was a, a good thing to add on love to hear them guys and give them a chance to showcase the band he said
0: there you go yeah yeah i think that'll be that'll be real fun what's your what's one of your favorite parts of uh that you I mean with? gosh and you've been doing it so long um, with all the different all the different bands and groups you've been you've been working with. What what's one of your favorite parts of, of of touring? Of
1: touring? Man, I don't know. That's that one's a hard question. You know, you never we never get paid for uh you know, playing. That's always the free part. So that's the part you enjoy the mo- the most on stage. Uh the travel and the load in and the preparation and pulling all the strings to get everybody together. That's, that's the whole work leading up to, yeah. to the,
0: <laughs> are you guys like, a, are you guys kind of self-managed it's in that way? Free. Are you guys kind of self-managed in that way? Like when you, you know what I mean? When you, when you, when you're getting ready to put a route and, a, and everything together, are you, are do you guys, are you, I mean, I know you've got a booking agent, but do you have a manager that helps organize all that or are yeah, you guys yeah. running that?
1: We do. We're we're uh, booked through New Frontier there mm-hmm. in Nashville, and then Brian Smith, leadership artist, is also a manager. Of
0: the oh, great! Helps cover yeah. all that to help out a little bit at least. Yeah, sure does. That's great. That's great. How many? When you guys do you have a preference on? Um, I guess right now since you're recording, you've been doing more kind of runouts on the weekends? Question mark yes. or but so yes. but but once you get done, is there a point where you? Do you ever set limits on, on yourself with your booking agent on like, hey, look, we only want to be out on X amount of weeks or X amount of dates or Sometimes things like that?
1: Sometimes we do, yeah. But most majority of shows are Thursday through Sunday. You know, we've got a few Monday or Tuesdays that we'll add in there here and there, but uh, not too often. So you're, you're back home and, you know, get to kind of live life a little bit and set up the next couple of weeks and, you know, regroup the first part of the weeks. So that's usually when I teach is on Wednesdays most
0: of the time. So, uh, got to yeah. hold that teaching schedule now.
1: Yeah, I've, I always enjoy that.
0: That's great. That's great. Well, listen, Darren, thank you so much for chatting with us today, man. We're really looking forward to having you here in, here in Lake Norman. Glad, glad to have you coming up and play, play for us, you and Miss Brooke. We're looking forward to meet you in person here in a few weeks. And, uh, and, uh, best of luck on on everything up until then. And, all righty. Thank uh, Thanks. yes sir we'll welcome you guys February 9th again Darren and Brooke Aldridge org to get those tickets today make sure you get them and come enjoy a great evening of uh, bluegrass country music picking and grinning that's right thanks again everybody know the scene see you next week